Hey everybody, welcome back to the Culture Jack Podcast, and on today's episode, I'm going to be diving into WandaVision episode number six, titled The All-New Halloween Spooktacular. So I'm Dustin, I'm going to be your host, I'll be your uh, recap and discussion and dissection host today, and before we get into this episode, on today's episode, I have to tell you that there's going to be spoilers. So if you have not seen the sixth episode of WandaVision, now is your chance, your one and only opportunity. I'm not going to remind you, warn you, or otherwise turn you away again to leave this podcast, go watch the episode, and then come back and tell me what you think. How did I do? So, all right, we're going to get into it right off the bat. uh, Starts with an opening Uh, an intro theme song and we are up in the late 90s 2000s now and so the theme is kind of that Malcolm in the middle uh, opening theme and I I can't remember all of the specific lyrics to the opening theme song for this particular show but it was something like you know you're they're you're cursed life is life is not what it seems it's all an illusion but it was very peppy and upbeat and it went through and it introduced all of the characters or at least the series regulars as we've seen them thus far uh, to include Tommy and Billy which in this episode they get I guess they get a little bit closer to their comic book iterations as uh, Wiccan for Billy and then Tommy uh, his character Speed but it goes through that Uh, Agnes is also I guess she gets the the front billing is a, a main mainstay returning character. And then they've also included the Evan Peters Pietro or Quicksilver in the intro as well. So he is now a series regular also. Uh, so the intro ends and it uh, <laughs> it zooms in on on Billy, who's who's kind of doing that, you know, fourth wall breaking thing that Malcolm in Malcolm in the Middle always did so well. And he's talking about Halloween and what Halloween is about. And um, then Tommy, he also joins in on the conversation and he talks about, you know, what Halloween is about to him. And mostly it's candy for him. He's kind of the, the cool one. And then Billy's kind of the nerdy one. But then they, <laughs> what does he say? Uh, Tommy says, we're twins, but I'm the cool twin. And he goes, well, what do you mean? You're... Oh, no, he says, you're a, what, what am I? Uh, Billy says, and he says, well, you're a Dorcasaurus Rex. And he's like, why would you say that? And then they do like a Malcolm in the Middle flashback where they're both on like a Dance Dance Revolution pad and uh, and Billy falls off the pad and then it zooms back to reality. And they go to wake up their uncle, Uncle Pietro, who's now living with them. He's sleeping on the couch. And Billy doesn't want to wake him up. And, and Tommy's like, what are you scared? You scared he's a vampire because he stays up so late or something. And he gets up and he chases him around the room. Now there's a segment where he is chasing them around the room that he is, he's full on speedster. And so he's super quick. He's got the same power that Quicksilver does. But the thing about it, and he uses this quick power, this speed power a couple of times in the episode, is it the effect for it? is actually more closely associated with the effect from the Quicksilver from the MCU. Uh, So Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver, I believe is his name, Aaron Taylor Johnson. And so it's not really the effect that we see in 
X-Men from the Fox movies where, you know, he slows down time and he moves bullets side to side. It's all focused on our perception of what a very, very fast person would be. So that's very interesting. And there's a couple other conclusions that we can draw that more closely associate him with this MCU version of Quicksilver to include in the last episode, right at the very onset when he was introduced, his hairstylings were not the same as that of the Quicksilver that was that appeared in the X-Men films, but more closely associated to those of the MCU Quicksilver. So the episode continues and they're all in costume for Halloween. Uh, Billy is dressed up like his comic book counterpart Wiccan and then uh, Wanda comes down the stairs and she's dressed as her uh, comic book accurate costume as the Scarlet Witch. Um, but she says that she's a Sokovian fortune teller. And then Vision comes down and he's dressed like the comic book Vision. But he also says, no, uh, you know, I, I know you love Mexican wrestling. And so he's like a luchador. Um, and then Wiccan, and like I said, and uh, Speed and Quicksilver put on they both put on like Quicksilver comic book costumes. So that was really fun. And Wanda and Pietro have a conversation about remembering trick or treating. And it flashes back another, like they capture the mood of the sitcom era that they are in so well. And I did not grow up with the fifties and sixties and seventies era sitcoms that they were referencing in those first few episodes. But I did grow up with sitcoms like these and it was amazingly nostalgic. It was very, very reminiscent of those sitcoms. So they did a they did a great job. But Wanda says, well I remember it differently. It was a flashback and they were trick-or-treating in Sokovia. There was a car on fire in the background and gunshots in the background and they had their bags open. This old lady that was missing some teeth gave them a fish. It was very, very funny. Uh so Wanda and Vision they have this conversation uh, about, you know, thanks for doing this tonight, she says. And he says, well, you know, I've got to go out and do neighborhood watch. And she's like, "I, you didn't tell me you were going anywhere. And Vision says, I'm, you know, I'm telling you now. And so you get the, you get the feeling that Wanda is not very excited about Vision having this kind of independence in this world that she's created. But reluctantly, she lets him go. And he takes he takes off and Quicksilver says, you know, I got the kids. If you need a need a father figure, I got the old XY chromosome here. I can take <laughs> I can take care of them. And then we go back outside of the hex outside of Westview. And, uh, you know, they're examining the drone that they fired at Wanda in the previous episode that she drug outside of the barrier. And Monica is just given Hayward you know, the business because she's like, you didn't tell me you rigged up this drone. What are you doing? And he's like, she's a danger. And they come in and Darcy says something like not cool or something. And Hayward looks at her and he goes, he goes, do you work for me? And Darcy says, you know, I, I don't know. And Monica's like, no, she's with me. And, and Hayward goes, oh, so which one of you is the sassy best friend? And that, that's where like the tension really rises up between Hayward and Monica and they get into this kind of back and forth and Hayward has a real, I don't know, a real chip on his shoulder about superpowered individuals. And he goes, look, I know all about your history with Carol Danvers. And 
Monica says, look, we don't even know what's going to happen with this thing. Like if Wanda dies inside of it, we don't even know if that will make it go away. We don't know what will happen. So we need to proceed cautiously uh, or we need to, you know, not antagonize her basically is what she's saying. And Hayward is like, listen, you were gone. You don't know what we went through, you know? And, and Monica's like, man, you don't need to let this last five years be an excuse for you to be a coward. And then he comes back and he's like, man, maybe it's good your mom was dead because, because she she knew you couldn't handle something like this or something. And it was just back and forth, very high tension. And then uh, Hayward eventually is fed up and he's like, you know what? Get these three out of here. Speaking, of course, of Monica, Darcy, and then Jimmy Woo. So he get, gets them out of there. They're ejected. And as the, the guards are walking them out in between some trucks, Jimmy Woo's like, you know, this is well beyond his scope of authority, and he attacks the guards. Monica takes his cue, and then they knock out all the guards and put them in a connex. <laughs> it was funny, too, because Darcy was like, hey, why don't you guys tell me the plan? Like like she was going to do something about it, but I thought it was pretty pretty funny, pretty interesting. So back, back in the hex, you know, they start trick-or-treating. And uh, Billy and Tommy, they go off to trick-or-treat, and Quicksilver yells at him, you know, uh, unleash hell, demon spawn, which everyone on the Internet was like, OK, Pietro is is Mephisto. He is <laughs> he's actually the devil in this one. He's not Quicksilver. He's not the uh, Pietro from the X-Men universe or this universe. He's actually the devil. And Wanda starts talking with him. He's like, what What are you doing here? You know, uh, or no, she she says. Hey, remember at the orphanage, there was that one kid with like the face thing. Do you remember him? And he's like, you're testing me. And you know, it's, it's cool. I know I look different. And I think maybe it was this part. Maybe it was later where she was like, yeah, why do you look different? And he said something about, you know, I'm, I, I, you, I heard you calling. And so I, I came, uh, or something like that. And then he told her, you know, if I found Shangri-La, I'd want to stay as well. And Shangri-La, I found out after doing some reading, is a reference to a place that grants immortality that was at one point presided over by Vision himself. Speed, or Tommy, I think it is, he also says kick ass when Quicksilver says something to him. Which I guess is a reference to the movie Kick-Ass, where Evan Peters played alongside Aaron Taylor Johnson as Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson being the main character of Kick-Ass and then Evan Peters uh, being another character in that movie as well. So whether that's just an Easter egg, a reference, because Wanda like looks at her, thinks to herself, so she's like, Kick-Ass, hmm. But she goes to uh, another character, Herb, um, who is on, on duty as part of the neighborhood watch. And it's a very funny sequence where Quicksilver is using his super speed to steal all the candy and smash all the pumpkins and cover everyone in silly string. And she says, um, Hey Herb, where's, where's vision. And he's like, Oh, he's not on duty today. And she says, really? And he goes, is everything all right? Do you need me to, do you need me to change anything? And so I don't know if you remember on the last episode of this particular segment of our podcast, I talked about how Agnes seemed to have more wherewithal 
than characters like Norm, because at that point I was still convinced that Agnes is Agatha Harkness and was, if not just sympathetic to an accomplice to Wanda's plot with the whole of Westview and everything. But, but Herb displayed a lot more kind of wherewithal and, uh, I guess, mental awareness than the other characters did as well. So I don't know if it's just like main recurring characters that get a little bit more, I guess, leniency or movement within, or is Herb maybe part of what do witches call it? Uh, where a group of them gather. I don't remember, but part of the group of uh, a coven, a coven of witches, perhaps. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, uh, he says, do you need something changed? And then he wanders off. We then move over to Vision, who's wandering through the neighborhood, and he is getting further and further away. And he sees there's a woman who is trying to hang up a ghost on like a clothesline. And then a man in the background behind her setting a pumpkin out. And they keep repeating the same movements. So it's almost like they are stuck in a glitch. And you see it later on in the episode where the further vision gets out, the less uh, autonomy people have, the less, I guess, these NPCs aren't needed because they are so far away from the source code, that being Wanda. And so it's kind of interesting to see um, further out. Like I said, people are paused closer to the barrier. And then there's the commercial. The, it's it's like a clay animated commercial. It's totally 90s. It's totally like high C Capri Sun, just kind of goofy. You know, remember the Airheads commercials that were just so wacky and out there. And the shark, he comes out on this deserted island. This boy is dying on the island. And he's like, help me. And he's like, I got what will help you. It's yo magic. And it's like a yogurt. And he can't get the yogurt open. And then he eventually days and days, days pass while he's trying to get the yogurt open. And then he withers away and turns into a skeleton and dies. And so then it goes, yo magic, the yogurt for survivors. There's a lot of theorizing about what the shark means and what the yo magic yogurt means and who the boy, the skeleton on the island represents. For myself, I just think I feel like all of the other things have been traumatic experiences in Wanda's life. I feel like the Yo Magic and the boy, uh, <laughs> the Yo Magic is Wanda's magic being either unable to save Quicksilver or unable to save herself, unable to save her personality. If she cannot access the entirety of her magic to deal with this grief, the loss of vision, the loss of Quicksilver, all of her accidents that she's had in Lagos, in Sokovia, in Germany. If she can't get access to this magic, she, as a person, her personality is going to die and suffer. That's, that's kind of my take on it, but you know, you can think what you want about the yogurt commercial. <laughs> um, they're walking away from a movie theater. Quicksilver's complaining that he's had to give all of the candy back that the kids have, I guess, stolen at that point. And on the on the billing on the theater is The Incredibles and The Parent Trap. So 
very good, timely movies for that time. And a lot of people have been pointing out that they are appropriate titles because there is The Incredibles, which is about superheroes, and The Parent Trap about uh, characters switching switching places. And so they're talking, Quicksilver and Wanda are talking, and, and you know, she goes, you know, I have been thinking, what, what happened to your accent? And he's like, well, what, what happened to yours? And he's like, you know, I, I don't remember, like, I just came here, and last thing I remember was getting shot like a chump in the street. Um, and then they're looking at the kids, and they, they say, hey, you guys can go get some king size candy bars or something and and speed or tommy he zips up the street now he's got super speed and pietro's like yeah you got that old maximoff speed now and then we find out later that uh billy gets gets the the powers of wanda he gets like magic powers and we'll talk about that that here in a moment uh so then back outside the hex again the our trio of heroes well they they sneak into a data center Outside of the heck, heck, <laughs> outside of the hex, you see, I've got Mephisto on the mind. One of the funnest things that I've seen about this show is it, it leaves room for all of these rampant theories and um, wild speculations. And one of the things on the internet is because Mephisto has become so popularized as a theory that it's almost become a joke that we start talking about other movies maybe and saying, Oh, well it's, it's Mephisto and Mephisto has become so incredibly meme worthy without actually even showing up in the show without even being referenced in the MCU at all. So it's, it's very funny and I think it's very appropriate. Every time something happens, you think it is Mephisto and even me saying the hex, I accidentally said heck because I was just thinking about Mephisto because well, that's what this is about. It's all about Mephisto. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the trio, they, they break into this uh, data center and they're looking up information and they're seeing what Hayward's been up to. And it turns out that Hayward has been tracking the uh, vibranium uh, decay of vision. And so he's also tracking the residents within the town and they're looking at, at the town. They're like, why are these ones, you know, by the border, not moving as much as the ones closer to the center? Well, we know that's because they're further away from whoever's writing the code for this dang computer system. And that's, of course, Wanda Maximoff. Um, so then they see that Vision's getting very close to the border. Uh, oh, no, no, that's that doesn't happen yet. Vision, uh, back, meanwhile, back inside the hex, he's trying to talk to more of these frozen people. Um, and then he morphs into his, his real outfit, into his outfit, you know, that we saw him as Vision in Infinity War. And then he flies up, and so he's got his powers back, and he's looking over the town, and he sees a car parked at the intersection of the street. Um, the intersection of Ellis Street, which earlier on in the episode... Wanda told the kids that they weren't allowed. They could go off on their own, but they couldn't go past Ellis Street. And he sees, Vision sees a car parked on Ellis Street. And he goes down, he flows down to it. And it's Agnes dressed as a witch in the car. And this is the one that we saw from the commercials 
where he snaps her out of it and she goes, are you, am I dead? And he goes, no, I'm not. Why would you say that? And she says, because you are, and then starts to laugh maniacally, but it was vision that broke her out of this thing. And she seemed just as desperate as norm. Actually, she seemed, she seemed a little bit braver than norm, but she seemed like she didn't have just as much as con- control as norm did not have. And she starts going, cause you're dead, you're dead. And she starts yelling at him and she said, all is lost. And she starts laughing maniacally, kind of laugh, crying and then vision, you know, cause he can't handle this kind of emotion. <laughs> he touches her head and puts her back into the Agnes character. And so I guess I'll talk about Agnes at the end too. Oh man, this show is so good. There is so many layers uh, to all of that. Oh, she also says, oh, you're Vision, you're an Avenger. And Vision goes, what's an Avenger? So he really doesn't have any idea of who he is. All he knows is what is in the hex. And so that was a a kind of cool exchange. Um, Meanwhile, back on the outside, you know, the group is looking through this information that they're getting in, off of this laptop in the in the data center. And um, it it looks like Hayward has gotten Monica's blood work back. And her and Jimmy are planning to go out and meet with her contacts. She says, oh, good, my contact's here. We just got to go meet him. And Darcy says, hey, your blood is showing some crazy stuff going on. Like, you are changing at a cellular level. And so a lot of people are thinking, Oh, this is cellular level changes. It seems like uh, maybe a a mutation within your genes, maybe mutants, maybe X-Men, something along, along those lines. So Darcy says, you can't go back into that barrier. Who knows what this will do to you? And Monica says, well, I'm, I'm going, the worst she can do is put me back into, (laughs) put me back under her control and put me in a spare of low, uh, a pair of low rise jeans or something along those lines. So, uh, they take off and Darcy stays behind cause she's got some more stuff to do. She also sees, I think it's project cataract. Oh no, that, that happens after this next part. Okay. So she stays behind and then Wanda and Quicksilver still inside the hex talking about how nice Westview is and Quicksilver, he seems like he's really in on the joke. He's like, you know, I'm really impressed with everything you did. I think mom and dad would have loved this. This is this is great. And I'm really impressed with all of the kind of ethical considerations. You always were the more empathetic of us twins, you know. And she's like, what are you talking? And he's like, yeah, you know, you, you kept the couples together and you gave people... Uh, better jobs in a lot of cases and you let all of the children sleep through through the thing and and um, you know you gave people better haircuts as well and and he's like how how did you do all of this and one thing that caught my attention I'll talk about it a little bit later but he says you can talk to me I'm not some stranger and I'm not your husband you can talk to me And she goes, I don't know how I did it. I felt alone. I felt empty and just endless nothingness. And she's talking about this, looking down. She looks back up at him and he is kind of that grayed out version that we saw. We saw vision 
as the dead version, riddled with bullet holes, just like his MCU counterpart was. And she looks away and she looks back up and and he's back to normal. And he's like, are you okay? Back outside the hex. Then we find Darcy. She finds this Project Cataract and she maybe shoots it off in an email uh, to someone else. And so Project Cataract, of course, cataracts are, they have a lot to do with restricting your vision. And so there's some theories <laughs> regarding what S.W.O.R.D. was doing with vision. We'll talk about that in a moment, too. Um, vision, meanwhile, leaves the barrier and he starts to fall apart. And then inside the barrier, Wiccan's powers begin to manifest. And he tells uh, his mom, hey, mom, something's happening with dad. I don't know what. And she's like, I need you to concentrate. I need you to focus. And um, so uh, Darcy, she runs up and she's like, he's falling apart. You need to help him. And they're like, restrain her. And she gets handcuffed to a truck. And then Vision, we are seeing him die. For what now counts as the one, two, third time in the MCU. He died uh, by Wanda when she removed the stone. She di- He died again by Thanos when he removed the stone. And now he is falling apart because he is not within the safety of the Hex. But he is a, a true hero. And many people on the internet are saying, wow, how amazing is he? Because even as he's dying, he's like, help. You guys need, these people need your help inside of this thing. And Wanda is, you know, back inside the hex. She's talking to Wiccan as she tries to get him to manifest his powers. She says, where, where's your dad? And he has these visions of the of, of vision falling apart and these soldiers pointing guns. And he says, I don't know. He's somewhere. He's hurting. And there's soldiers. And uh, Quicksilver, he goes, don't sweat it, sis. It's not like your dead husband can die twice. To which she turns around and just blasts him back into these haystacks and this haystack maze that they're in. And then her eyes turn red and she begins to expand the barrier. And so Monica and Jimmy, they're already driving. So as the barrier is expanding, they seem like they're able to escape. Uh, but Darcy, she gets sucked into the barrier. So now we're going to have in a, probably the next episode, Darcy be one of the, <laughs> maybe she's, maybe she gets a title sequence intro. I don't know. That'd be fun. Um, so she gets sucked in. Most of the sword officers get sucked in besides Hayward. Of course, he's trying to hail all of his sword buddies on the radio as they're driving away from this barrier. Helicopters are turning into balloons. The cars are turning into or the, the big old Humvees are turning into like ice cream trucks. And then all of the sword encampment is turning into a circus that has set up shop outside uh, town with all of the sword officers being turned into clowns and mimes and other circus performers. And then it goes back to Wanda and her eyes, you know, are done being red. And that's where the episode ends for this week. So hopefully you saw that episode. Hopefully I did okay on the recap, but I want to talk about some other things that uh, I saw in this episode that made me think of other things. So online, there has been a lot of speculation about why sword had Vision's body in the first place. What were they doing to it that so inspired Wanda to have to go back and find him and take him from them? That was a really hard sentence, and I pulled it off somehow. But 
if you remember, SWORD now in the MCU stands for Sentient Weapons Observation and Response Division. In the comics, it was Sentient Worlds. So why would they have sentient weapons? And I had to go back uh, before I recorded this episode to episode number four, where Hayward is walking Monica through the facility and Monica says something along the lines of, I thought it was observation and response and not creation because in the foreground and in the background, it looks like they are welding on things. They are building things. And Hayward says something along the lines of it's changing. So one of the, one of the big theories right now is that they were using the technology in vision to somehow develop as a deterrent since the world has changed so much. And Hayward, as we have seen has a predisposition for disliking superpowered people. Are they developing the Sentinels? Are they developing the Sentinels that we've seen in X-Men comics and cartoons and movies for a long, long time? Oh my gosh, that would be so much fun. Also in episode four, which it just kind of reminded me of, but we didn't go back to it. Jimmy Woo, he talks about his missing person. And he talks about his missing person, and he, he talks about how their friends and their family haven't even heard of this missing person. So I was just kind of curious, does this mean that Wanda's powers reverberate beyond the hex as well? Does she have, is this like an implication that her powers can affect those people even outside of the hex to include those police officers at the beginning, but most importantly, the witnesses, family and friends, since they forgot all about them. And if that's the case, are there other officers, people that are forgetting about the hex from the outside world as well? Or will we see that as an evolution of her power in the future where people just forget that this, this thing is there? I was reminded after scouring the web that there are a lot of fours in these episodes. Now, I know we are all super horny to see the Fantastic Four show up, but a lot of people are saying, and even this Project Cataract that Darcy just found was in file number four. So is this a precursor? Is this foreshadowing for Fantastic Four in the universe? And <laughs> to that end, one of the one of the biggest casting rumors was... Uh, John Krasinski for Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, and Emily Blunt for Sue Storm. And so John Krasinski became popularized in the sitcom The Office, which, if you think about it, is right around the same time that this next section of sitcoms is going to be placed. It's going to be in the same time period that those episodes aired. So are we going to see Monica meet up with a John Krasinski, then be sucked into the hex and a John Krasinski be able to reprise his role as the fourth wall breaking kind of smart aleck guy from the office as Reed Richards. Oh, that would be amazing. It's all just uh, grand conjecture and, and theory and uh, hypothesis, hypothesizing right now, but it is a lot of dang fun.
So at this point, um, and then the episode's over, I'm just kind of talking now about some of the ideas and then acting as an echo chamber of some of the ideas that I've heard as well. But for me personally, I am now convinced that Agnes is not Agatha Harkness. Um, I, I just, I didn't think she was being controlled. I thought she was in on the joke the whole time, but her removal from Wanda's trance by vision makes it super clear now that, uh, she is just another person that is held captive. Now, I guess there's still the off chance that she could be Agatha Harkness, but also have been controlled by Wanda after maybe Wanda's powers got too powerful for Agatha to kind of restrict or train or do whatever else she might have been doing. I guess that's a possibility to be sure. Uh, Her reaction was also not as dramatic as Norm's was when Vision released him in the office. So either she is just a person of more constitution or she knows that this is a magic that, well, painful and terrible and horrible is not something that can't be undone although she did say all is lost. On the contrary, uh, myself, as well as the internet, is thinking uh, Pietro is the most suspicious character now. And we all were so excited about a potential multiverse situation, and I'm still excited about that, don't get me wrong. But (laughs) wouldn't that be funny if this was just kind of Kevin Feige's way of testing the waters to see if we were down with bringing some of the X-Men from the Fox universe over? That would be that would be pretty funny if it was, but he's the most suspicious character, and it's mostly uh, because he is the MCU version of Quicksilver, just with a different face. So whether that different face needed to be pulled from a timeline where he was alive, but he's not alive because he did the same zombie thing as Vision in that previous episode where he was covered in the bullet holes. So he is the MCU version. He also talked about getting gunned down in the street. But is he the MCU version after all? A lot of people are thinking he's not. He's the most suspicious character. And I I don't know if I, I want to say I agree with it yet because I, I feel like I just was disproven about Agnes. I think we all were just disproven about Agnes. But the line that he said in this episode... I'm not some stranger and I'm not your husband. You can talk to me. He did not say, I'm not some stranger and I'm not your husband. I'm your brother. You can talk to me. I think that's an important distinction. Though he has mentioned to himself self-referentially as her brother several times in the series so far, this line just, for some reason, it just stuck in the back of my head. So it feels like He could be someone inhabiting this character in the body of acting as, but not entirely be a lot of people online are saying it's a character called nightmare who plays a big part in the doctor strange side of the universe. And this show is supposed to lead into doctor strange and the multiverse of madness. Hmm. I saw some crazy theories online about, um, Wanda potentially recreating the Mind Stone or uh, Thanos not actually dying and actually warping reality with the Reality Stone to make this reality. And that's one of the the best parts of this show, I think, is that it's not just something you can go, oh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, did you see that fight scene? Wasn't that awesome? It is one that is so bizarre 
And it has had me do a lot more digging into the comics and a lot of other people doing a lot more digging into the comics than they would normally do to kind of just guess and theorize. And it's been such a fun community event talking with other people who are watching this show and going, this is what I think is going to happen. And them going, oh yeah, this is what I think is going to happen. And it's kept us on our toes. It's kept us on the edge of our seats. I wouldn't say from episode one, but from episode three, absolutely. And every week in between episodes is just a nightmare. It's just torture. I just, I want them to release them all at once, but they've got us now. And Nielsen ratings, actually, this is, (laughs) this isn't uh, part of the episode, but I I read an article about uh, the Nielsen ratings said that WandaVision just made it into their top 10 most streamed series. So it's obviously, obviously doing well. Another theory that I just heard before I started recording this episode is uh, a character called Nicholas Scratch. A lot of people, not not a lot of people, actually, I just saw this one guy on TikTok talk about it. And yeah, I'm on TikTok now. I know. Impressed. You should be. I'm uh, now a teenager. I found the fountain of youth. You can rewind time by just downloading apps that are primarily, primarily targeted to children. But this guy on TikTok said that he doesn't think it's X-Men Quicksilver. He doesn't think that it's Mephisto. He doesn't think that it's Nightmare. He thinks it is a character named Nicholas Scratch. Oh man, just what I needed before the episode. Cause now I got to go look up this Nicholas Scratch character and figure out who he is. Now in the comics, he is apparently the son of Agatha Harkness. Agatha Harkness then goes outside of their coven, outside of their community to be a babysitter for the Fantastic Four, leaving Nicholas Scratch to be upset. He has children. I believe he has seven children. And then they are the Salem Seven where he goes and mind washes a entire community himself and becomes a recurring villain. He's a wizard and a sorcerer in the MCU as well. In my research of Nicholas Scratch, Nicholas Scratch is also a character in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, a show on Netflix. And so obviously a character from that universe as well, but that's not in the MCU at all. That's part of the Archie Comics universe. And so I don't know what to think about this Nicholas Scratch. But if you remember, there was a, uh, is it Senior Scratchy or Mr. Scratchy? referenced in one of the episodes because Agnes has, uh, this rabbit, uh, Mr. Scratchy. So a lot of people were thinking that was her son who I guess. Yeah, I guess that's right. Cause we did talk about it being her son potentially. So, which is Nicholas scratch. So could he have something to do with all this? All of us really don't want the villain of the show to be Wanda. I, I mean, She's such a cool character. She's been through so much. Leave her alone. Just let her be a hero who goes through some grief and some some weird stuff. And if you remember a few episodes back, uh, a few episodes, it was like episode two. They were at that, that planning committee and they were talking about uh, for the children. They'd all say it for the children like a cult. And the children being... Wiccan and Speed, Billy and Tommy. So is this really all for the children? 
in the comic books, the children were made with parts of Mephisto, this demon's soul. And then at the end of that arc, the children were disappeared. Are we going to see a disappearance of these boys at the end of the show? And these boys are also going to probably age up again so they can be part of the new Avengers, along with Hawkeye, uh, Kamala Khan, and others, Stature, uh, Cassie, Cassie Lang, Ant-Man's daughter. Okay, I gotta, I gotta get this wrapped up. I gotta <laughs> talk about these other things. So another theory is the the cosmic radiation that Wanda is emitting to make this warped new reality. They they've seen that Monica's labs came back with her genes being distorted and mutated. Is this the event that is going to give us mutants in the MCU? Because the hex expanded, is it going to expand again? Is it going to cover the whole world? And then I have to ask, does this this power, Wanda's reality shifting power, not only work on a y-axis where it works over a great deal of area and space, but does it work on the x-axis as well across time? So will this have repercussions into the past because a lot of several very prominent X-Men or X-Men characters and villains have historical significance like um, Magneto. He, he was a survivor of the Holocaust and that kind of shaped his worldview coming into these series. So will this reality bend bend across time as well? A lot of people are saying that Hayward is the big bad of the series. I think Hayward is a government goon with some nasty feelings towards special powered people. Something happened to him at some point in the last five years. I think he's a goon who's in over his head. That's all I think that he is. And I talked about the Yo Magic commercial meanings. At the end of every episode of WandaVision, it's really funny, too, because, you know, it gives you the suggested thing. And if it's a series you're watching, it'll give you the next episode in the series. And then you can play next and skip the skip the outro and all that. It always suggests to me and I'm curious to know if it does for you as well. If it does, please let me know. But it always suggests that I go back and watch Age of Ultron, which has me kind of scratching my head over here because I'm thinking now, are there clues in Age of Ultron? That could maybe be foreshadowing for this series. I'm going to have to watch it again before this series ends to see. Or maybe I'll watch it after to see if there's any big plot points in Age of Ultron that could lead in directly to WandaVision. I am so excited for Episode 7. I cannot wait for next week to watch it. This last week, we had the Super Bowl. So if you watch the Super Bowl, was it this last week? My gosh, it must have been. Well, there was a uh, extended trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which looks amazing. And we're going to get that um, one week after WandaVision ends. That's not going to be nearly as long. Though. I think that's only six episodes. They might be longer episodes, though, which, you know, Anthony and I were talking about would, would probably be all right. Uh, as I end the episode here, I, I am so excited to participate in conversations about WandaVision specifically. So I want you, the listener of this podcast, to let us know 
what you thought about this episode of WandaVision and what you think will happen on the next one. Where is all of this leading? Where is it going? We're excited to hear from you. Please, please let us know. And if you do want to let us know, there's a few ways that you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us on Facebook or on Twitter at Culture Jacked. You can also contact us via email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. And just like Wanda, we here at Culture Jacked want to warp reality and warp reality in a way that allows us to get more exposure to you and your friends. So if you could please leave us a review on your streaming platform of choice. Apple Podcast is a great place to leave us a review. It gets us bumped up in the algorithm. And just like Sword doesn't understand vision, I don't understand the algorithm, but I know it helps. So please, any interactivity you can give with this show will help us out a great deal. Of course, we've got other shows on the podcast. Don't forget to tune into Monday Madness and the Friday show. And we'll see you on the next episode.